Gosh, 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 gosh. I really do enjoy the beginning of a new year because it does help us to reset. And over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about this place and emphasised and overemphasised and re-emphasised our vision of being a safe place for all people where people can come and actually find a place where they belong, where they can be restored and then revealed for his glory. And over the last two weeks, we talked about if that's going to be a reality, then we have to be a people that are full of grace, that extend grace to others. And, and let me say, having had just a phone call yesterday, you and I, we need to be able to extend grace to ourselves because so often we are our worst judges, yeah? Um, and it's really difficult to love people well when you don't love yourself well. You've got to appreciate and love who God has made you to be, warts and all, yeah? And then last week we talked about, well, if we're going to be a people of grace, then, then I guess as a church, as a community that's in unity, probably the best thing to do is to grab hold of the fact that we're family because family has nuances to it that work really well within the kingdom. And, and so I want to unpack some of that today, what it looks like to be family as a foundation, but more so, I actually believe that you and I are called, once we discover who we are, that you and I are actually called, that we have been sent, that we have a mission to be able to extend and, and portray and to invite people into this place of family, yeah? You can argue God with people till you're blue in the face, and how many of those... How many have had those arguments and never got anywhere? Yeah. But when you express God's love and his love for them and his invitation into his family, yeah, all of a sudden things change. Yeah. Things deeply, deeply change. I think we were created to make a safe place for all people with him. You know, I believe that when an opportunity presents itself, you and I, we need to be people that have the courage to invite people into this space. I love that we're an eclectic church. I love that we're all different. I love that we have dark hair, short hair, long hair, blonde hair, you know, no hair, which is good for those people, not for me. Yeah, I'm glad that we're all different. I'm glad that we attract different people from different backgrounds. That's what a family is. I don't have a choice who my boys will one day bring home nor who my daughters are bringing home. It's their choice and then they become part of our family, yeah? So, one of the things I said last week was that we we're created for community, for family, and that we can't operate outside of family. It, it, does, it doesn't work to be estranged. See, I believe it's within family that we mature as believers. It's within family that we mature as Christians. Because as we go through life's trials and tribulations, it's those that are around us that support us, yeah, that we lean upon, that help us through those times and help us to understand those times and give us the wisdom to grow through those times. Because on our own, we'll come up with our own opinions and thoughts. And sometimes opinions, we all have them. They're like armpits, they all stink, yeah? Even when they're right, <laughs> they stink. So we're built for family because in family we have unity and unity is where God commands the blessing. So let's make that a starting point, hey? Father, we just pray that you would bless the word today, encourage us today. God, challenge us today. Lord, forge us, mold us. Lord, I don't like to use the word, but the Bible does hammer us into the shape that you need us, that we would look more like your son with ever increasing glory. But Lord God, I do pray that you would speak to us all today in Jesus' name. So I'm going to read from Matthew 4, verses 18. From verse 18, and I'll, I'll run through. 
And it begins, one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, what a great name, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Wow, that's a bit of an upheaval in it, just right there. <laughs> Jesus travelled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralysed, he healed them all. And I, I, I know I said it last week, but I'll say it again. If there was healing of the sick then, then I believe he can heal the sick now. Yeah? And for whatever reason, sometimes we lay hands and people are healed immediately. And other times we lay hands and people are not. I don't understand the complexity of that. I'll ask God one day. I don't think it's because it's people's faith or the praying of the faith of the person. The healing's all up to God. It's all up to Jesus. It's all up to the Holy Spirit. But if, it did it, if he did it then, then he can do it now. Verse 25 reads, large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea and from the east of the Jordan River. The word that I want to focus on today is the word focus, but also the word mission. Mission. Because I think we're created for mission. But we've got to have a foundation. We have to have an understanding of what that mission might be. Because often, if you think about the word mission, you know, what comes to your mind? Do you know what? That's my very first example. Some think of the movie with Tom Cruise. Look at that. I, I didn't even set that up. I should have. I should have, but I, I didn't. Some of it, you might think military type missions. You, you might think about the new brand of wraps in the supermarket. You know, mission? They're a sponsor of the Western Bulldogs. Yeah? 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 Some people will just think about mission. They'll think about all the things that they still have to get done in the home, at work, in the yard, all that sort of stuff. This is what the dictionary says that mission is. Two different meanings, but both the same. When you put them together, they sort of add to each other. The first is this. An important assignment given to a person or group of people, right? Or group of people, typically involved, sometimes travel abroad. A group of people sent on a mission, an organisation or institution involved in a long-term assignment. The second one is the vocational calling of a religious organisation, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. <laughs> to spread its faith. I love that. So we've heard this before. And so from the outset, let's say this really clearly. Mission's important. Is that okay? Mission is really important for a church to thrive and survive. Regardless of denomination, regardless of what it looks like, regardless if you've got windows that looks out, look outside, regardless if you've got black walls with curtains and smoke machines, whether you've got a high steeple, few people church, it doesn't matter. Mission, mission is important for every type of church that's out there. And now we read in Matthew 4, we see that Jesus has gone into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. We actually should do a fast as a church, just a thought. We should, let me think about that one. Anyway, the enemy comes at the weakest moment to tempt him while he's in this fast and Jesus overcomes the enemy, I believe, because of his fast, but... 
And he comes out of the wilderness and now he's filled in, with the power of the Spirit. He's filled with the Spirit. And from that point, all of a sudden, Jesus has blinkers on and he has a focus. All of a sudden, after that temptation, after that journey, after that time in, in the wilderness, he's now, from that moment, he's on a mission. And, and it, for me, it's a really clear mission because as he comes out of the wilderness, he starts to share and declare about the kingdom of God. He, he starts to share and declare that the kingdom of heaven has come. Yeah, That's what the scripture said that we just read. But, but what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? What, what actually is it? Because if you and I are going to be on mission, if we're going to have a focus as a church, but as a people, what is this kingdom of God? Because now I can tell you, you can go on social media now, and now you can go not just to the school of prophets, which is great because prophecy is great, we should do more of the prophetic here. You can do the school of supernatural life, which is awesome because really we should be living and walking and talking and breathing the supernatural life. But now you can go to the school of the kingdom because, you know, there's something that we've missed along the way. <laughs> I don't quite get that one. The others I understand. But that one I don't quite get. And I reckon it, it's around and it's available because sometimes we miss what the kingdom is. Sometimes we can be so heavenly focused that we're no earthly good, yeah? And so I, I want to, this is what I want to look at because when Jesus spoke of the kingdom of heaven, he often used parables, he often used images, pictures, if you will, yeah, to convey those spiritual truths. And, and, and one of those pictures, one of those comparisons is between the kingdom of heaven and family. Believe it or not, family, all the way through the Bible, family. Think about this, don't, don't we call God Father? Yeah, the fatherhood of God. In Christianity, God is often, not always, but often referred to as the Father. This is important for us to know because, not because he's the head, but every family starts with a father and a mother, yeah? So the fact that he's a father means that there's a family for me. That's, that's just really obvious. Just really simple, you know. Matthew 6, 9, even Jesus himself in teaching us how to pray says this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be the name. So it's important to know that he's a father because the kingdom of heaven is the realm of God the Father, yeah? And, and that realm can be seen and is a family sp space where we're his children, sons and daughters of God, and he's our dad. It's important because you need to have a foundation for your mission. You need to know what you're inviting people to and who and where. Yeah? It's a place and space, the, the kingdom of, of heaven, which is a family, I believe, is a place and space where there's love and care and protection. Aren't those things synonymous with family, or at least generally speaking, they should be? Yes? Amen? Not saying that all families are like that, but I, I would err on the fact that a majority of them are. Yeah? What about brotherhood and unity? Isn't the idea of a family captured and described by a sense of unity, sense of love, sense of support? You support each other, you support your brothers, your sisters, you support your mom, you support your dad, you love them, yeah? Matthew 12.50 says, 
Even Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. Again, it's a family reference for the kingdom of heaven. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Yeah? Family. Family, 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 family. If anything in this year, Family Life Church, get that word family into your system. Get it into your heart. Yeah? Let it get it into you because what comes into you comes out. Yeah? What about inheritance? Within a family, don't we find the concept of inheritance? I mean, I love my mum and she's 90 and I don't want her to pass away ever. But when one day, when that day arrives, I'll pay my debts. <laughs> well, you guys are thinking, you can't be serious. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm totally serious. My brother and I talk about it all the time. And my mum tells us, I'm never dying because you want my house. And I'm telling you, the way she's going, I believe her. But there's this sense of inheritance. You meet people all the time, you know, in that time of grieving and mourning where they've been left something, they've received an inheritance. That's, that's a concept that's found within family where the children receive blessings and teachings and, and all sorts of value from their parents. But it's the same in the kingdom of God, isn't it? The kingdom of heaven is exactly the same. We believers, the bride of Christ... The father's sons and daughters, aren't we the heirs to the promises and blessings of God? We're, we're a family. Let's make sure that that's our foundation because we're inheriting eternal life and spiritual blessings. What about just simply guidance and protection? Parents guide and protect their children, generally speaking, yeah? The majority of because I know that that's not always the case. But, and isn't the kingdom of heaven a place where God provides guidance, where God provides protection to his children? John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, verse 14 to 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The image of a shepherd guiding and protecting his flock. Isn't, isn't that a picture of God's care for his people, his children, all within family? Yeah? Some of you don't like family, I think, because you're all looking really sad. Well, not all of you. Some of you are looking okay. You had your coffee this morning. I had Stevens, I think. Forgiveness, reconciliation. Families experience forgiveness. Like, if ever you've got to practice forgiveness and reconciliation, it's in family. Like, yes. And I was at home last night. My youngest son was having a sleepover. That's why it's not his. Friends were there. I enjoy my time on Xbox when Mel's in bed. It's all good. It's all happening. I start playing a game, and the game, you know when you're watching a movie and it just the, the wheel comes up and it just stalls? They unplug the motor by accident, having a pillow fight. That didn't happen once. Didn't happen twice. Didn't happen three times. At least four times. I know, right? That he needs some forgiveness and there needs to be some reconciliation. Because I'm finding and trying to work out ways that I can get back at him. I'm thinking when he's in the middle of a competition, when he's with his mates, it just turn off the motor and just walk past his room and go, that's one. Oh, that, I would feel so good about that. <laughs> 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 I 
Jesus talks about repentance and God's mercy over and over and over. I mean, the kingdom of heaven is forgiveness. The kingdom of heaven is reconciliation. Remember the parable of the prodigal son. It was all about that forgiveness, that reconciliation, inviting the son back into family, into his rightful place. You know, the understanding of the kingdom of heaven being a family, it's, it should be our foundational understanding of the gospel. Yes, Jesus came, he died and he rose again. For what? Some will say to save us, and that's true. But we'll get there too. But this, this foundation, this understanding that you and I need as believers, that the kingdom of heaven is, is actually a, a family, shows that we're part of a spiritual family that, that's bound together by love, yeah? that, that's actually held together by shared values, glued together by our common faith in Jesus. We're family. And, and we just read Matthew, and here in Matthew, Jesus, now he starts to go around and he begins, I believe, to demonstrate family, to introduce people to this kingdom of heaven. That's his focus his focus is to introduce people to the kingdom of heaven, to introduce him to his father's family. That's his mission. He wasn't just walking around wasting time, spending three years, you know, just to party and turn water into wine and enjoy a handful of feasts. No, no, more than that, he was living life on a mission. His desire, I believe the father's desire, was and is to bring sons and daughters home. Yeah? home to help them back into family totally restoring relationship reconciling he was literally sent not to judge the world but to save it to save us from what from being eternally separated from the father homeless yeah homeless homeless whether you believe in hell or not lots of stuff on the internet right now whether you believe it's the fiery sulfur, you know, whether you believe, whatever you believe, whether you believe it's just an eternal separation from God, an eternal separation from his love. He came to save us from being eternally separated. Yeah, however that looks for you, whatever your theology comes, out, comes up with, doesn't matter for me whether you're burning in fire or whether you're just separated from God. Either way, it's going to be as painful because where there's no God, there's no love. I may as well be in a fire and burning, you know. I'm separated from him, so thus I'm homeless because my home is with him. I've now been separated from family. John 3.17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Sent his son. Jesus was sent. It was pre-planned. It was pre-planned. Here we are. We're at the beginning of 2024. From the moment that God calls out to Adam, where are you? From that moment, Adam and you and I are totally separated from the Father and his love because of sin, because of an act, because of that stuff back then. And so there's this huge gap between us and God. And so he comes up with his idea to reinstate us, to bring us home, to invite us back into family. And the only way he could do that was to send his son Jesus. Is that okay? Yeah? That's the gospel that we know, yes? And so his mission was to restore mankind, yes, that had fallen, and to give back what had been lost. Yeah? So here we are, beginning of 2024. Let's make sure that our foundation's right. Because Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
And it's always focused on to seek and to save the lost, the individual. Yes, and. Yes, and. Because a better, a clearer for me, translation of this, you can find it in the King James, you can find it in the, the burial, you can, I'm about to read it in the Amplified, but a better translation for me is this, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That which was lost. So what was lost? Yes, you and I are lost, but what was lost? Our identity as sons and daughters. Yeah? Our identity is our position in his heavenly family. That is what was lost. Because we're born and all of a sudden we're separated from God, so we're homeless. We don't have a home, we don't have a family, we have no idea, so many have no idea that they are actually sons and daughters of God that he loves. Jesus' mission wasn't a, a moral, some new moral system. Many think that Christianity is about living better, speaking better. Don't say those words. Don't watch those movies. Don't go to those places. Ah, bah humbug. Oh, no, see, he didn't say that either. You know what? It's not about that. You can be morally righteous but don't condemn your brother and sister. Christianity's not about that. I'm not like this, but if a brother and sister out there chooses to drop the F-bomb in their language, who gives a rip? I'm, seriously, who cares? Let Holy Spirit speak to them. Yeah, don't jump on your high horse and go, oh my goodness, don't do it. We're family. Have a word, hey. Brother, sister, son, don't you don't have to speak like that. But as a parent, if you, like my wife tells me all the time, if I go back for the same thing all the time, I'm just nagging. I'm just nagging. Pick your fights. Pick your battles. Don't have a high horse. Don't have a ladder to step on. To preach your message. Preach God's love. Invite them into his family. Remind them that they're sons and daughters of God. We all have our hang-ups. We all have our issues. We all have our problems. And we're all walking through them. And we will walk through them better and stronger if we do it with each other, just quietly. Yeah? Man, God isn't into some sort of behavior modification. You know? I had to say that to a brother yesterday. He goes, I've just had one of those moments. It's been so tough on my thinking. On, and talking down on himself because of some of the things. Don't do that, man. You're better than that. God loves you. you. He totally loves you. Okay, so you've mucked up. Let's walk together. Let's walk through this. Yeah, don't be hard on people. Don't be hard on yourself. Jesus came with a mission and a focus that was to make a way home. He didn't come with a mission and a focus to make you perfect because you will die and I will die and we will be buried or cremated and scattered somewhere and we still won't be perfect. Yeah? Won't happen. Because though we're being transformed into the image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory, we are not yet Jesus. Yeah? And so the minute one of you walk on water... Please come and speak to me because then I'll think maybe I've missed something. But at this stage, across the globe, no matter what miracle's been done, I still ha have no story, no social media post that tells me that someone became Jesus and walked on water. So no one yet is perfect. So please don't expect people to be that way. They're family. 
My goodness, my sons aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. My daughters aren't. We love them with all of their warts. Yeah? We are part of his family. There's stuff he can take for that. So you and I, we're children of God. And he came to create a space where we could now belong. Belong, 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 belong. He came to give us new life. He came to make us a new creation. He came to give us a new spirit, a new heart. And out of that new heart, that new spirit, we begin to live a new life. But a new life plugged into family. His family. Yeah? You and I, even if the person next to you thinks that you're unattractive, overweight, smelly, not pretty, still part of the family, still my brother and sister, yeah, still a follower of Jesus. And it's in this and with family that we begin to live a life that actually honours and brings glory to God. Yeah? So the Father sent Jesus. And Jesus starts preaching about the kingdom of heaven, preaching and teaching the gospel, the good news. And I think that passage in Matthew makes some things really clear because the world needs to hear good news. And the good news is that Jesus has made a way for us back home. Jesus has made a way for us back into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has made a way for us to enter his family and be family he, recon- he created a way for us to be reconciled with him and with each other. You think about what happens in churches all over the world, you know. People get upset, and I won't jump onto my hobby horse because it frustrates me, but people get frustrated and upset, and they just break away from family. Some break away from family and join another. That's okay, that's okay, I'm okay with that. As long as you join a family, if you're going to take a cutting from a plant, please plant it somewhere. Put it somewhere so it can thrive again. But don't just take a cutting and, and, and throw it over there and, and hope that it's going to survive on its own. Yeah, Christians are making that decision all the time. They cut themselves off. They take a cutting from the body. Off they go and they leave themselves over there. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter what theology is out there. I don't get that. I just don't get that. You know, God may have been frustrated with us because of the fall. You know? <laughs> and... and and I guess in that frustration, there's, there's a wrath, but you can't even talk about the wrath of God because people don't understand the wrath of God and the love of God. It's, it's, it's an oxymoron. It's not either or, it's and, it's both. That's the brilliance of, of grace, the mystery of the gospel. Yeah? You know, though the thought of the Father, Father God's wrath can be challenging, we have to acknowledge it and understand it in the context of a loving family of a loving father because I can be frustrated with my children and I guess there are times when it might look like some wrath, you know. I don't nuke them, no, no, only because Melanie's in the way. But we've got to understand it because if we can understand it in the context of family, it highlights the biblical, for me, the biblical narrative, the storyline that God desires reconciliation and restoration and a prosperous relationship between you and I as his children within a context of family, yeah? You know, that's good news. That's what he brought. 
I'm your father, you have a family. And in that family, you're going to discover a healer. In that family, a restorer, a comforter. You're going to discover that you have a home. It's a heavenly home. You're seated in heavenly places with him. And, and there you're going to discover a, a, a forgiver and a deliverer. Yeah, in that place, you're going to find the answer. And that answer is that we've been called home. We now have one. It's called family. It's called good news. And I think as we step into this year, part of our mission is sharing that good news, sharing family. You don't have to be a street preacher on a, on a milk crate. I've got a milk crate at home. Do you know they even still exist? I have a milk crate. I use it to look over my neighbor's fence to chat. Seriously, I'm like that guy from um, Tim Allen, you know? What was that movie? Yeah, I'm like that, you know, just a little, little over there, you know? Just to have a chat with my neighbour. How are you going? How's things? Your garden looks really good. Where's that snail? No, I don't do it. No, I don't. Um, maybe sometimes. Anyway, um, <laughs> why am I talking about that? It's because of this. If we actually understand that we're family, if we understand the way that we're supposed to operate amongst each other and, and, and in the house of God as the bride of Christ, yeah? how, how do people discover that family? Yes, the Holy Spirit can draw them. They, they might be driving past and they'll see the sign and they'll, they'll come in because the Holy Spirit draws them. But generally, when we have tasted something, the Bible says, taste and see that, that the Lord is good, that God is good, yeah? I like Aldi. I like Aldi. I like the stuff in Aldi, most of it. And so I tell people that I shop at Aldi. Where I find a good coffee, I tell people, that place, that I, find a, I found a good coffee. So they can go there and experience it for themselves. I tell people, if you go to Carboni's next door, apart from having some of the best paninis you're ever going to get in your life, awesome, especially the, the meatball one, but their coffee, I, I've never had a bad coffee there. And it's not just good coffee. I, I almost say, it, it errs on exceptional. And so I'm going to tell people about that place so that people can go there. How are people going to know about this family that you're enjoying? How are people going to know about this God that invites you home and has taken you from being homeless and has given you a place to live? How are they going to know unless you and I share family? I'm not talking about sharing like a street preacher. I'm just talking about sharing what you've experienced in the family of God. Sharing the family that you're connected with, the people that support you, the God that loves you. If businesses thrive and survive on, yeah, I guess, word of mouth advertising, maybe, just maybe, maybe, and where God's hands and feet extended, maybe this year in 2024, our mission, our focus should be to be word of mouth advertising. Yes, I'm I'm biased, I say it all the time of this place, but wherever you find home, those that are watching at home, whatever place that you consider to be your home, where God ministers to you, then, in, then invite them, tell them about it. Just pick a home. Pick a home. If I moved a plan in my home from one place here and then next week put it here and then next week put it back here and then next week put it back here, here, and then next week put it back here for the gardeners in the place, what's going to happen to that plant? It's going to die. Why do Christians believe that they can go here one week, go here the next week, go here the next week, go here the next week? Why do they believe that they're any different? Seriously. Look, come on, some of you should be saying, I know, right? Amen. Preach it, brother. That's the truth. 
Doesn't the word say that the Bible cuts like a double-edged sword? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. And if it's not uncomfortable, then often, sometimes it's not the word. Yeah? We're family. Wherever you find home, make it family. Wherever you find home, sow into that family. Man, I'm spraying potash. Who even knew what potash was? I would have thought it would have been a pot full of ash. I'm, I'm putting potash into my garden and blood and bone. And, and Samuel the other day was regurgitating, almost vomited because I got out the sea soil and we opened up the container and he took a whiff and it was like... Ugh. You know what? We've got to sow into the gardens where we plant. And so if we're planted somewhere, allow your roots to go deep and sow into that place. Yeah? Come on. Invite people to experience family. I mean, Jesus, I won't even go to the scriptures, but Matthew 4.19 says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me. And we're used to the, the version that says, and I will make you fishers of men, but it also says, and I will show you how to fish for people. How do you fish for people? How, who, who, does anyone here like fishing? Yeah, I love fishing. I haven't been for a while. I love fishing. I hate the fact that when I go fishing, I often don't catch fish. It's often got to do that I'm using the wrong bait for the fish I'm trying to catch. So if we're to become fishers of men, what is the bait? We've got to know the bait. Because if I'm just going to argue theology, the Sabbath is on a Saturday. No, it's on a Sunday. No, you should eat pork. No, you shouldn't eat pork. Like if I'm just going to argue theology, I'm telling you there'll be no one on my hook. No one. But if I bait the hook correctly, maybe if I put a little bit of family in there, a little bit of identity there, a little bit of love, and hey, you're a son and daughter of God, then maybe then when I cast out and invite, maybe then I'll get a bite. That rhymes and I didn't even mean it. Invite people to experience family, to experience acceptance, to experience love. Because you know what? People have been... And, and this is not a criticism, it's solely commentary. People have been to churches where they've just not fit in. They've just felt like they're the odd one out. And sometimes it's because they're not in the right place for them. They need to be somewhere else. They need to have a patch of soil that's got more sun or more moisture or whatever it is so they can be planted correctly. But sometimes it's because the church is not using the right bait. Yeah? And our mission is to create a place and space where people belong where they know they belong, where they walk in and go, oh, Jesus, it just felt like home. I know, right? Amen for that. That's cool. Well, seeing that it's home, can you do the dishes? You know, wherever we go, you and I need to have a focus, and that focus is to share family with people. And that can happen at our work, at our school. It doesn't matter where that is. Just share family. Share the love. Share a trial that you've been through and how someone walked with you through it, how they talked you through it, how they supported you through it. Share how in that you discovered God's love because of family. Whatever it is, use the right bait. If we're going to be a safe place for all people to be restored and revealed for his glory, make sure that you're sowing into the house that you're going to and then make sure that you're using the right bait when you fish. You know, like, I actually think God is so intentional. He sent his son. And, and sometimes we think, 
that we've just fallen into the jobs or the workplaces. I love what Ali shared because for her that was an answer to prayer, a, a prophetic word that had been given because I actually believe that we don't have the friends we have just because we're nice people. And I don't believe that we have the friends that we have because they're nice people. I actually think that God has sent us so that we can be Jesus in and amongst those people. Yeah? So that means we're not just a teacher. <laughs> We're not just a plumber, and we're not just a social worker, we're not just retired, we're not just a, a gardener going to a nursery. You know, we should be strategic, we should be focused, we should be looking for opportunity to share family. You could be at a nursery that you go to all the time and you see a family with kids. Oh, your kids like, they, they like plants, they, they like helping you in the garden. Yeah, they do. Oh, my kids are the same, or my, my son's just getting it. And start a conversation. Like, it doesn't take a lot. It's really easy. Some people will look at you strange. That's okay. Just sort of wave and keep going. Do your thing. But you know, I've shared this before in the church and I, and, and I have not done this as well as I could have over the last 12, 24 months. I usually, and, and, and actually Ross has done this exceptionally well over the years, but I usually go to and visit the same cafe. One, yes, they have good coffee that I trust because otherwise I don't go back. But it's so that I can get to know the people. And in getting to know the people, you share stories. They share their story and you share yours. And I'm telling you, over a period of time, before you know it, they'll know that you're a Christian. They'll know that you go to church. And you know what? Surprise, you may even have the opportunity of inviting someone into a family space just because you went to the same place to have coffee. Just because you shopped at the same supermarket and liked the same checkout woman that had been there for years. Just because you went to the same service station because it had, had it cheap fuel but it always had the same person behind the counter. Just because you went to the same pathology unit to get your blood taken because you like the person that takes your blood. So you can share family. Yeah? You and I, we're fishermen, fisherwomen. People need love. People need God. People need the family of God. So many people now, what they're missing in their life is relationship. What they're missing in their life is stability. What they're missing is a family that will accept them and love them. Let Holy Spirit do the rest of that stuff. And if Holy Spirit opens a door where they might ask, hey, listen, you know, this is what I'm doing in my life. What do you think? Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. Share what you think from the Word, but in love. But until they ask Zip it, Karen. No, I don't think we've got a Karen here. Praise God for that. As in by name, by name, by name. As you sent me into the world, it says in John 17, as you sent me into the world, I've sent you into the world. The Father sent Jesus into the world. And then Jesus says, as you sent me, I have sent them. Why don't we stand? Because in 2024, you and I, we have been sent by Jesus. But we just need to know the mission. We know the vision, and the vision is to be a safe place for all people, to be restored and revealed for his glory. But the mission is how we make that place happen, how we bring people into that place. And I just think we need to know where we're planted and we need to use the right bait. And our bait is family. Our bait is unity. Our bait is community. You know? I'm quite happy to share family. I often share it with pastors. I often lead with this, you know. 
hey, I know that we're not 250 people or 500 people like you guys. And I hear what you're saying, but it just, it just doesn't sit. Our language is family. Our language is this. Our language is that. And so maybe it's a slow-growth, slow-release fertiliser, but I, I actually honestly believe that at the end, those plants will be the fullest and the richest and the tallest and the grandest and full of more fruit, yeah? Could it be that life's bigger than our perspective? That God has actually allowed things to happen in our life that you and I have ended up where we are because God wants us on mission, on focus in that place? Can I just ask you to close your eyes for a minute while we pray? Yeah, that's amen. I'm sure he's saying, rah, amen. He's, I'm going to go with that. My interpretation may be different to somebody else's. For those that can't see, <laughs> one of our wonderful children, just being a tiger. Hello. He likes me today. Last, didn't like me last week. Anyway, <laughs> what would happen if we understood that men and women, that as men and women were on a mission, what would happen if we understood that God has actually got a plan, not just for the person next to you, not just for the pastor, the elder, not just for the visiting preacher, that he actually has a plan and a purpose for you. What would happen? See, I believe that at this place, Family Life Church, that we're about following Jesus and fulfilling his mission. And his mission, the minute he came out of the wilderness, was to share and declare a kingdom that had come, kingdom of heaven that had come, and as far as I can see, that kingdom of heaven is a family. And so our mission is to share and declare family. Amen? And so I asked last week, and I'll ask again, are you prepared in 2024 to commit to sharing and declaring the mission of family in and around your world, in your schools, in your workplaces? If you're prepared to do that, close your eyes, raise your hands to heaven, however you do that. Tuck them into your sides if you're embarrassed so the person next to you doesn't see. If you don't mind, just put them out there for, the, for those opinions to fly. <laughs> and we're going to pray. Father, I just thank you that we can actually be a church on mission, that we can be a people on mission. I thank you for the example that you've set right through your word. I thank you that Jesus did come and he invited and he shared and declared the kingdom of heaven has come. I thank you that that kingdom is a kingdom of family. I thank you, Father, that in that place there is love, there is unity, there is reconciliation, there is forgiveness, there is inheritance. I thank you, Father, that all that we need to believe and to belong and to thrive and survive is in that place. And I pray, God, that you would give us the tools, the resources, the words, the vocabulary, Lord, most the opportunity to invite people into that place. Lord, give us a chance to bait our hooks, God, to throw them out, that we may truly be fishermen, God, fishers of men, fishers of women, fisherwomen and fishermen, Lord, winning people, sharing the good news, seeing people coming to know the goodness that is our God, the love that is our God. And so, Father, we thank you for that opportunity that is to come. We thank you, Father, for that opportunity that is now, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. And all these people said... Amen. So let's focus on family and let's focus on being a safe place for all people in Jesus' name. Enjoy your Sunday. Amen.